Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 80. My co-captain with me, Scott Larson. And today, it's just me and you today, buddy. Yeah, you know, it's uh, sometimes you have to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we haven't I, really I, talked about the news for a little bit. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been kind of weird. Yeah, I know. It, it's, it's been a lot of fun, but it's, uh, yeah, th- there's a few things that we do need to catch up on, which will be nice. And uh, let's uh, start off with a sponsor, though. Josh, who's our sponsor? You know, Flipping Out Pinball has done an awesome job for us. Uh, Zach has helped me. I'm actually uh, getting some stuff submitted on warranty for my Jurassic Park. We uh, the light has went out on my QR reader for my new internet or my Stern connected, and man, he is right on top of it. And so, um, I like I said, if I've ever had an issue, Zach has taken care of it. I've always been happy with his results, and he keeps me up to date as much as as the manufacturers do. And so. If you're looking for that next pinball machine, now that Stern's not making some for a little bit, we'll get into that a little bit later. But if you're looking for that that Godzilla or the Rush or Mando, they're they're gonna be making all those this year. And so give him it, hit him up. He'll get you taken care of. And uh, if he doesn't sell it, he will probably somehow try to find a way to get you one. He'll acquire it. Yep. So he's awesome that way. And uh, yeah, check out flipping out. Zach and Nicole many. All right. And Josh, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we really, I, we've been a little rush heavy and probably because I'm a huge rush fan. Um, probably, but there's a few other things that have happened. Uh, I guess <laughs> most, most notably, uh, weird Al was announced by, uh, P3 or multimorphic yes. or, or however you want to call it. So, uh, okay. Let's talk. What's your first impression on, uh, weird Al? Um, let's talk about the theme. When you hear, were you surprised by the theme? I want to ask you first, are you a fan of Weird Al? I don't know anyone who's not a fan of Weird Al because okay. at least there's one song that is, it's fun, right? Yes. I mean, it's, it, there are many of them that are on dad joke level yes. where people will groan a little bit, but at the same time think, yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, my son's at 11. And so when yeah. he saw this, he's, he got his first MP3 player this like for Christmas and it was nothing but Aquabats and weird owls. All he wanted on his <laughs> MP3 player. And so wow. it was funny because when I showed him this, he's like, we're going to buy this. Right. And I was like, Ooh, uh, let me play it first and then we'll decide from there. Right. You know? And uh, so he's like, I'm going to Texas then. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he's like, he's, he wants to level up. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's, but, that's pretty funny. It's funny because I feel like I was I was listening the pinball show, which they did a fantastic uh, deep dive, or, or at least a dive of the Weird Al theme and everything. And um, one of the things that they had said is like, it feels like everyone was a fan of Weird Al at that like preteen teenager boy stage. Like we all remember the song that made sure. us giggle, that we shared with all of our friends. Mm-hmm. But we've all kind of grown up, and like we still have a nostalgia for Weird Al. Right. But it might not be our go-to music. And I feel like that's a perfect metaphor for like pinball. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of us enjoyed it as teenagers or preteens. Like we love the arcades. We love pinball. So after I thought about that, I was like, well, kind of Weird Al is the perfect theme for pinball because they both kind of go hand in hand. I I think the theme is good. Yes. Um, in that it's certainly recognizable. Yes. It feels very much like a... 
I don't know, like a Saturday afternoon special or something where it's, you know, it's, this is not, um, well, I, I, I'm going to borrow from Dennis a little bit, uh, Dennis Creasel, when he's talking about, this is not an A-list title and that this is not like a huge one that is, is culturally touching everybody such as, yeah. you know, like Mandalorian was huge and stranger things and all, all these things that are huge that are relevant at this time. Yeah. Weird Al's been around for so long. I mean, really, I remember him way back from the Dr. Demento days, yes. which he would submit these, you know, he, um, I think I remember the first song that he did was, was Yoda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was, it's, it, it's funny, but you're just like, yeah, that's, that's kind of a funny thing, but it's like Saturday night live. Yes. I mean, Saturday night live. It's a, it's a parody of something else. And yes, it's funny, but is it enough to carry a theme? But uh, I, I think Weird Al is certainly enough to carry a slot machine or something like that. And this feels a little bit like in that realm where, hey, it's it's interesting enough and quirky enough that maybe it'll be fun. Yep. Um, well, and what's funny is when it was announced, so we hadn't seen anything yet. It was just essentially Weird Al's Museum of Hilarity. Right. Um, we were in a chat with some of the people at work at P3, and they're not giving us anything. They're just no, gonna, they, they keep no. saying more soon, more yeah. soon. And and one of them asked, "Well, what's your first impression?" Just just from the title and from, and I said, "It, it reminds me of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle." And they're like, hmm. well, "How so?" And I'm like, "Well, think like Alice Cooper was all about going through his Nightmare Castle, like it was progressing through rooms and stuff like that." just off of the name alone. And so it makes me think that you're going to progress through a museum like you uh with Weird Al and whether the rooms correlate to whatever it you know they're different themed and he's like you got all that just off the name and I said yeah that's that's how else would you take that cuz it's mm-hmm. Weird Al's Museum of Hilarity. And and they said that's interesting that I said that and then like a couple of days later when they did a full announcement it's kind of similar like you you hit the orbits mm-hmm. to go through different rooms um the, the thing that kind of bugs me like i know people keep saying there's like 17 fully featured songs no they're, they're not i get that like the the hamster songs in there for probably one of the modes like hamster i can't remember what the, if it's like a hamster multiball or whatever but harvey the wonder hamster is a 27 second long song there are there are gum commercials with longer music you know yeah, this is different than Rush's sixteen songs. Yes, very different. I, I, and, and and most of those, the three of those songs alone in Rush are pushing twenty minutes. Yes. So uh, you know, if you, if you're looking at that's an hour on three songs, and I know it's a completely different genre. I get that, but there is something about well, okay. So, um, I, do you remember back in the day when you buy a um, you could buy a CD that has um, like, um, oh, what am I thinking? Like uh, sitcom uh, intro songs, right? Yes. You know, you do like the Cheers intro song or the Golden Girls intro song or something like that. So this and is a little were... bit past your age, but the used did an album called In Love and Death. And they had yeah. a lot of intros and outros from each song that was like carnival music or... Right. Right. Different, like stuff that like, sound like a bomb ticking and then you realize it's an alarm clock, stuff like that. Right. But it kind of feels like you're 
listening to it, but it's if you put it all together, it's probably about 40 minutes total of, of music. Yeah. And it feels like, hey, this is it's kind of a, a, a CD uh, yeah. that you would put on at a kid's party. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, now that's not bad, by the way. I mean, our, no. arcades were built on uh, amusing kids, really. I and mean, mo- how many how many per- people have that intro stories like, how did you get into whatever, into pinball? And they're like, well, my parents were in a bowling league. So they took me to the bowling thing and they gave me some money and I went to the arcade. I and mean, really, I and mean, that's basically what it was. So I, I think this is kind of a, a new version of that. Uh, so the theme I would say was confusing when I first thought about it. Yes. But it felt, hey, this could work given especially multimorphic the only people that can actually do this would be multimorphic yep. because it's a little bit more of a um i guess a light-hearted thing i think of like heist think of all those things where they're a they're a little bit bridging that gap of like the ipad game yeah or or, or one of a couple of those things that uh, typically have like fun animations and are geared more toward kids yeah so I, this is uh if you're going to do weird Al, then this is the platform for it. I agree. And I think honestly, it, it is a great theme. I think it's funny that like a lot of people have complained like dad rock, dad rock. And like the first thing that came up with weird Al was dad rock. I'm like, if anything, it's kind of the furthest from it. Like mm. it's the dad jokes. Well, okay. But it's, it's the dad era. So when it, people it talk about dad, dad era. era, okay, fine. But who's buying these things? Yeah, but like half the songs are from 2000s and later. Okay, okay, but still, like who's buying? Who's they're buying? Dads are buying these things. Like, correct. You, you don't get. You probably when you're selling games, you probably sell four games to a someone in the 35 to 55 year old age group. Then okay. you do an anybody in the 15 to 30 age group. But can we at least acknowledge this is probably the very first pinball machine to have a rap song in it? And not just one, it's got multiple. Um, is okay. there any other pinball machine that has rap in it? Well, apparently, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that's my point. Is like, so we're, I know it's a parody. Like, I get that it's not the original sh- song by Char- Charmillion or, or by Coolio or, you know, yeah, but uh, <laughs> Amish Paradise is the first rap song in a Oh, that's hilarious. And I love it. Yeah, so, but great. that's the thing, though, is like, I see the theme, and, and Weird Al resonates with me because I, he was like the first album I had bought when I got a CD player. Mm-hmm. My, my parents gave me my CD player. I got like the Jurassic Park soundtrack, and I got the Space Jam soundtrack. And then I went to Walmart, and the first CD I bought was Weird Al's Running with Scissors. You rebel, rebel. And so, uh, as soon as I announced this, I did a lot of digging because what what concerned me the most is when I saw the the song list, is me being someone that actually enjoyed Weird Al and like downloaded his songs as as I was growing up and stuff like that, or buy bought his CDs. I didn't recognize a lot of these songs, but you recognize Weird Al though, correct? But- so it, I'm not super worried about that because if someone, like, yes, I know there are some of the big songs out there, yeah, but. Weird Al is one of those guys that is probably personally bigger than any of his songs. Probably. Uh, if you look at the reverse, um, most, I, most of the time it's like the one hit wonders where they're known for the one song. I and mean, you think of Flock of Seagulls, you know, 
I ran so far. That's the only song that really comes to mind. You can't think of anything. If you think of Weird Al, you're thinking he's almost more of a a comedian than anything. Yes, exactly. And so he's going to make you laugh with whatever he's going to do. Well, it's impressive that he spanned 40 plus years. His oh, first yeah. his first song that he released was in 1976. I don't know mm-hmm. if everyone realizes that. I mean, that's that's was crazy. That, was that My Bologna? No. Um, well, what was I, his I'd first have, one? I'd have to look it up. It was one for Dr. Demento, yeah, and it was yeah. something like My Station Wagon Car yeah. or whatever or something like that. Yeah, he would uh, like record it with like some handheld uh, radio thing when he was singing into it. I mean, yep, man. Okay, talk about... I want Weird Al's level of confidence. Yes. Because there is zero chance that I would dare to be stupid. Take a, uh, you know, taking a page from Weird Al, like he really pushes the envelope of, I I don't care how far I'm going to push this, I'm going to make you laugh. Well, what makes me chuckle too is there's almost two different eras of Weird Al. There's starting out Weird Al up to early 90s is what I'm going to say, where it was almost a lot of commentary on the current pop culture or whatever it was. And so like a lot, some of these songs haven't aged well because um, they're making references to, to stuff that happened in the eighties that, yeah. uh, I mean, some, a lot of people might remember some don't, yeah. um, but his newer stuff, everything kind of from the nineties onward was more of a commentary on uh, stuff, stuff that you would like word crimes is a great example. People being almost yeah. illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> with their writing and stuff like that that's that's kind of timeless where where uh i don't i can't think of a song like like a surgeon it's still a good one and, and i want to say it's kind of timeless but um it does have a lot of references in the 80s yeah, yeah and so some of it falls flat but um overall i'm excited weird owls it's funny because you it and looks I, fun. It looks it fun, looks fun. I mean, that, yes. that, that's absolutely the thing it looks like a blast and i can't wait to play it well, what makes me chuckle is we did not know this was coming. No. And, and someone had pointed out to me, you guys realize that you've mentioned Weird Al on every episode for like the last five episodes. <laughs> but like, were you trying to drop hints? And I was like, no, we, yeah. we did not know this was coming. <laughs> Legitimately, I mean, yeah. My first, like I said, my first CD was Running With Scissors. Yeah. And on that CD is Jerry Springer, which is a cover of One Week by the Bare yeah. Naked Ladies. So we brought that mm-hmm. up with Ed. Yeah. And then we know Ray Day is a huge Weird yeah. Al fan. He's great. So we at least had to have one Weird Al reference in that episode. I mean, <laughs> it's totally random. Yeah, it's, there is some serendipity about that. So, uh, OK, here's the question, though, that I think this looks fun. You think this yes. looks fun? Yes. Will this sell multimorphic games? Supposedly, they're all sold out of the LE, so they've at least sold 227. OK, but th- this is one of those things where if you adopt this platform, I mean, it, it, it is kind of a no brainer that you're already, uh, you like this version of pinball. Yes. And it, it really is a no brainer to say, well, I c- it's like a, it's like buying a, a Nintendo, like, oh, I can buy a new cartridge for it. And so, yep. yes, that is the, the brilliance of this is that anybody who has a game will probably buy the module. Yep. Now the, the question is, do you think that the, they have new people buying off this game i want to say yes okay i think i know you and i had this discussion with joel Ingle, Ingleberth and nick brown pinsomniac uh-huh. uh while we were traveling to and from Pin, pinball olympics at right. expo mm-hmm. and the the complication with 
multimorphic has been. It's it's a cool system. Yeah. But I haven't felt like there's anything that just draws me in enough to take the plunge for the price. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people feel that way, like they're excited by the by the technology, but um Heist just doesn't do it for them, or Lexi Lightspeed just doesn't do it for them. And so they're like, well, let's, we'll wait till everyone's been hearing about this license themed rumor for how right. long now? At least mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. And so they're like, well, maybe that's when I'll take the dive because some people want a cabinet that's recognizable. And obviously this cabinet really is. It looks really cool with the Weird Al. The uh the the we're gonna call it the pro or the standard. Uh it's got the the colors exploding off of it out of the museum with Weird Al just blaring into the microphone. And then the the limited edition is like bright yellow orange. And mm-hmm. he's just uh Stallone kicking out of the side of the cabinet. Yeah. With references to all the songs on his body, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think people that have wanted a multimorphic uh with good artwork, this is what you're getting. And that's a recognizable theme. I don't know a single person. So I've mentioned this to a lot of non-pinball people over the last right. two a week or whatever it's been announced. Mm-hmm. And every single person I've talked to about Weird Al knows who Weird Al is. Yeah. So it, it's easily identifiable by everyone. That's including my wife, who as soon as I told her, she's like, well, does it have white and nerdy? Because that's, that's her Weird Al jam. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, she's not like wasn't like we're buying one right but it was still like I know the theme interested right yes and it it peaked and so I think it's a very smart decision Um, the thing I think that hurt them in all of this um, I want I I do want to make one parallel really quick before I go to the hurt is I felt like they they almost mirrored what Stern does to a T they did a, a teaser trailer which yep. Stern does a tra- teaser trailer. Right. Stern's now been waiting about a week before they actually drop a full trailer. Mm-hmm. They waited about two days, two, three days. Um, but you, you still got a pretty good trailer uh, giving you pretty much the features, the toys that are the standouts, um, even the black backdrop with a person playing the pinball machine, which was Becca from Fliptronic. That was pretty awesome. Um just like the way that they've been announcing all this, like the teasers and everything like that, I feel like it's a very Stern-esque. So Stern has proven that like their marketing works. So why not copycat them? And I think they did a great job of that. Sure. The, the only thing I think that hurt them was when the pricing came out, it was kind of convoluted. And even it, me, it, that's... Yeah, it was a little hard to understand. And and even um, Zach and Dennis brought this up that yeah, you... Okay, I'll, I'll use the car analogy, right? Yeah. If you go in to buy a car, what do you want? What What's the one thing you want? You want the out, out the door price, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like, I go in, it's like, okay, if I'm buying this car and if I bring in a bucket of cash, how much do I have to do it? Yeah. And they, they could have done a little better about just saying, hey, buy the whole package, hit this button. Well, and, and it's... It's so, like me though. I've been heating and air conditioning for 15 yeah. years, 15 plus years now. I have learned with a customer, mm-hmm. I never go in there and say, okay, this system is going to cost you three grand. Yeah. And then they're like, perfect. Go ahead and install it. So I start installing it. And then when I'm all done though, I'm like, okay, now it's 5,400. Whoa. Where did $2,400 come from? Yeah. Well, the three grand was just for the furnace. But if yeah. you wanted it installed. If you want me to actually put it together for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's gonna be another twenty four hundred. Yeah. See, that's what they should have done the upfront price up. You know. Right. They should have went went in with the assumption of this is yeah. we're all appealing to new people that are getting into the system for the first time. Yeah. Like I really agreed with what Zach and Dennis, and they, and they covered this a little more. Eloquently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Go go listen to go listen yeah. to the Finball show, and they they'll cover it more in depth. But that that was one thing that I think was definitely something they needed. But that being said, um, I I think that's more of a marketing thing. So yeah, and and, and granted, the dust has settled. It's it's all worked out now. Yes. So. It's a hiccup. It's a learning curve. They did great. I think Multimorphics handling this really well. Yeah, it's. Uh, however, I I did just click on it and it said, uh, it it uh, it is slightly confusing. Still, I would argue because yeah. you click on it, it says P three pinball machine. You click on it and it has the LE version of Weird Al. Yeah, and you click down and it says it does say for the base only, but if you do that, I don't know. I, I still would think that if you go to Stern and you click on it and you see a picture of an LE machine, that's what you're buying. Yeah. So I, I don't, I, I'm not a marketing guy, but maybe have like, Hey, this is the basic machine with maybe generic art or, or something on the side. And then say, by the way, this plus a game module equals this. Yeah. Cause you can actually see that visually. Yep. So that that may be something that would make it a little less. Now, if you go if you just click down just a little bit, it says the 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 price for the base P3 machine with no game kit is eight thousand three hundred prices yeah. vary for game kits. And so th- and it does specifically say price as shown in image above is thirteen thousand one hundred. Yeah. So I mean, that's that that is fair, but that's you have to scroll down a little bit to see that. So this is um it looks like the fifth game. Am I counting that right? Because I, I I see game their game kits. See Weird Al. I see Heist, Cosmic Kart Racing, Lexi Lightspeed, and Cannon Lagoon. And then you have some other smaller ones. You have Sorcerer's yeah. Apprentice, which uses Cannon Lagoon. Um, um, then you also... Th- th- that uses Cannon Lagoon, right? No, it uses... No, Cosmic Kart Racing. Sorry. Cosmic Kart, yeah. yeah. It uses Cosmic Kart Racing. I knew it was wrong when I said it. Uh, scoop and shoot, Lexi. So you have all these other ones for smaller yeah. amounts. Yep. But you know, it's hey, th- they're getting to have enough options that you know what? If you have limited space and you want something that is pinball adjacent, um, yeah. then this is good. It's it, it is different than a standard pinball machine, but I still feel that it is a fun experience. Well, and I think. Yes, the upfront cost is a little steeper than most pinball machines. But I think the long-term cost, like if this is a system that you're interested in and it has a lot of depth already too, it's only been out for five years and they've had how many games? Like cornerstones, quote-unquote cornerstones, there's at least been one a year. So you know they're at least going to put out product. And, uh, And even in between that product, they're having different rule sets, they're having different games. That, it, that correlate with the modules you already own. They're so, legitimately putting out as many games as other companies like J, uh, JJP yeah. and Spooky. I mean, really, they this is their fifth game. Yeah. So that they're actually putting... Now, I don't know how many people have the... Pro, I'd be curious to find out how many people actually have it. 
And you know what? Here's something I, I want. If you own a P3, reach out to us and tell us what you thought, what your thoughts are, and what your thoughts on the long-term uh, um, lastability of the system. The one thing that I'm concerned with is this reminds me a little bit like a um, like a game system. Mm-hmm. So, and game systems have lifespans. They do, but I think the I think the hardware on these are upgradable because there are okay. upgrading the hardware, which like which that. is something that I think is is huge. I know they've actually, you know, they have like the extra flipper that you can buy and the better, yeah. you know, the you know those type of things. So there are ways of doing it, but that would be one concern that I had about the long term thing. If you like truly, hey, you only have to have one of these because I don't know if you're going to have two of these things. Yeah, I don't. I don't. But maybe I, if you want to, if maybe. you want to do cosmic cart racing against each other. Yeah. No, but yeah. I, I think that it would be more of like, I have multiple machines because most people, when they buy one pinball machine, what's the next thing that happens? Yeah. A- another pinball machine because they realize, wow, it's not as fun if there's only one person who's able to play it once. I think my overall takeaway from all of this, uh, Multimorphic has a hit on their hands. I think it's going to move units. Um, in the marketing department, excluding the pricing in the marketing apartment, I think that multimorphic is a top three company when it comes to their presentation. Okay. I think they've shown that they can do it better than some of the other traditional pinball companies. Yeah. Um, the only ones I think that have done it better is JJP and Stern at this point. Um, and if you disagree with me, let us know, but honestly, I'm going to have to have examples because all I can think of is CGC and how they released Cactus Canyon because that was not fantastic. Ooh, yeah, that wasn't ready. Uh, uh, they, well, yeah, I, I we're not going to go back into that, but that certainly was. <laughs> I, I I basically was <laughs> was sitting there and I tr- I almost turned to Jeff T. Ellis. I'm like, what was that? <laughs> like, yeah, like really. So. But overall, congratulations, Jerry and company. We're excited. Colin McAlpine, our friend that's been on our show a couple times. Mm-hmm. He's doing rules for the game, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah, and Bo and Karen's also. Uh, yep, Bo and Bo Karen's a uh, top-level uh, top player who yep. helped uh, helped advise on uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. So yep. so we're excited. Yeah. No, it, it, I, am. I, I certainly want to play, play it, and we will definitely uh, take um, – we'll, we'll return and report. So Yeah, same. I, I agree. And, and it is March, dude. I'm so stoked. This month's going to be so good. Yeah. So good. You know, I still haven't bought my ticket. Can I just tell you how stupid the price, like the one flight that is perfect coming back to Utah, they want $750 for a round trip ticket. Dang. So yeah. unless I want like that's why I told really, that's why I told my son day. no, because it yeah. was, it was like $800. <laughs> I was like, no, dude. Like, yeah, I, okay. I, to put it in perspective, I just bought round trip tickets for my entire family to go to uh, to go to Florida in April, and like the total amount of tickets for five people were like two thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, my wife and I were looking at taking the kids to California in May. Yeah. Round trip was going to be thirteen hundred bucks. I know it's it's crazy. That's flying directly out of my city, which yeah. is impressive in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, I've got my notes next that uh, Stern has pushed back their cornerstone. Yeah. You know what? I, okay. Did anybody, did, did this surprise anybody? No. 
I no. I actually I I was kind of wondering like what are you doing like why ha- why didn't you do this sooner? Um, it, it just felt like they were they had such an aggressive schedule that it was hard. Yeah, look at Elwin. He's he's consecutive. He's put out a game once a year almost on the on the dot. Yeah, and they these people usually do take about thirteen months, if not just a little bit more. Yeah, and and here we're pushing like. When we talked to them at Expo, Rick Nagel had not had like a day off in like yeah. two years because he's he's coding around the clock. Like give these people they need a break. Well, th- th- actually, the issue is they can't keep up with production. I, yeah. and, and, and that's the bottom line. They can't keep up with demand. And, well, and so, they've increased uh, their production by 25 percent and they still yeah, can't keep up. They still can't. So right now it is so red hot that they are, uh, you know, it's uh, OK. I know I'm going way back in the weeds, but um, when Lionel Richie hit it big, yeah. they they actually he put out two albums like back to back. And ironically, like he had two singles from the second album and then there was a single from the first album mm-hmm. that that leapfrogged it. And it's just one of those things where like, why in the world would they have put out so much stuff? Because eventually you you do kind of trip over yourself. And it feels like they were going so fast in there. Hey, we always release these things. We, we we have this machine, but the demand increased exponentially and they just couldn't keep up. Well, let's be honest. They, they've they lost a designer. Mm-hmm. They've gained a new designer. Yep. Um, if, if we do the math, Led Zeppelin came out 15 months ago yeah. in, in April. And so I, I could almost guarantee the next one was supposed to be richie and if everyone got bumped up three months that's really stepping on toes so and and gomez gomez said he was designing one and so we can only assume right we can only assume that he that he's filling that niche that's that richie left well that's what i've been told i've been told that's what that's what he kind of announced on the last podcast he was on yeah that would make logical sense to say hey he's designing a game because that's basically how we got deadpool yeah. So but that's hey. the problem too is Gomez is a very busy man. He's over a lot of things. Yeah. And so it, it's hard yeah, to he, have. I'm running a designing. company. By the way, I also make pinball machines. So exactly. Why not? You know. And so it makes sense not only because everyone's like, well, it makes sense that they're 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 doing it right now. I'm like, it's because I think it's because they lost Richie. They've had a lot going on between Insider Connected, new platforms, working on Spike Three. I mean, they confirmed that at, at, at Expo. Um, I mean, there's been, a, there's a lot of irons in the fire right now. And I think it feels it's, appropriate. Like, yeah, I, it feels I, great. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyone's like, Oh, come on. There's like, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and someone had pointed out too, this, this does not stop from vaults coming out or if a Kapow title comes out. Yeah. It does leave some open, some openings for that. But and do you really think that's going to happen? Cause I don't. I, 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 I can see that, a vault coming out. I think this is a catch up because the vault yeah. is the whole point of the vault is to keep the line running. I guess think, what they have so much to keep the line running. I mean, they have people who are waiting like George Gomez is waiting for his Deadpool. Yeah. The designer is waiting for the Deadpool. Yeah, that tells well, you he doesn't work at the place that has a Deadpool there. Well, so okay, that, I totally get it. But that tells you how red hot the demand is. Yes. No, the demands were well. Just think about it. Like we've been sponsored by Flipping Out for a year and a half, two years yeah. now, mm-hmm. and 
and it used to be I could call up Zach and say, "Hey, what do you, what do you have in stock?" <laughs> and he'd give yeah, me a list, exactly. and I'd say, "Send it to me this week." Yeah. Now it's I'm on the wait list for six months. Well, and and I will say, thankfully, I I've told Zach that I I get almost every game. Yeah. And so I'm just like, just tell me what's available, and that's how I, you know, because I I want to I, I want Zach to make sure that he's able to do his you know, his full-time job, which is taking care of you guys. So, and I'm, I'm totally fine with waiting because what? I don't, so I, I just got my Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and I also, guess what? I just got my Iron Maiden at the end of last year. So three months ago, I got Iron Maiden that I ordered about a year ago. Yeah. So. And honestly, out of everyone that I feel the worst about for all this, like the distributors were, are really the ooh, ones that get hit the worst. Yeah, and the reason being, I'm going to explain this really quick. Is um, a new a new title's announced, so Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Let's take Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian was announced, and then it took six months for the second run to even happen. Yeah. So that first run sold out. People are getting their games within the first two months. Well, six months later, L1's Godzilla gets announced. Yeah. How Ooh, many people wow. went? This game looks so much better than Mandalorian. I still don't have a time. Right. Or a date on when Mandalorian showing up, I will cancel my order with Mandalorian, and then buy Godzilla. How many distributors just lost? Because a lot of them don't take deposits. Yeah. Um. And so they lost all that Mando money right there on the spot, and their buying window just got pushed back another four months or whatever. So a lot of these distributors, I mean, there's there's still people buying. So like, yeah, they're still buying, and and I will argue that. I, Mandalorian is it's still a great game. It, yeah. It's a it's a different game than Godzilla, absolutely. Yeah. And we we all recognize how great Godzilla was because it was awarded Game of the Year by the Pinball Industry Awards. Yes, um, and I I agree with that. I I voted for it as the Game of the Year. Uh, but I I think Mandalorian is really fun. Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different style game though. So it's really fun. I don't know honestly if. Personally, I would ever own it. I was in on one, and then I went and played it a handful of times. And I, I, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of getting to the point where Elwin's the standard. And if it can't meet Elwin, I, I just feel like for what I'm paying for a pinball machine now, sure, I, it has to match that price. Yeah, and, and so, and I know that people are like, well, if you buy it, you can turn around and sell it. You're not losing money. Well that's not the whole point of the story it's like my my basement i I mean obviously i could add more to this basement uh but typically one of my machines have to go out for a machine to come in right there there, there's only so much to so much purchasing power that the average pinball collector has correct and they're still expensive i look at my pinball machines i'm like do i want to lose one of these games for a game that i'm gonna somewhat like that's probably just gonna be turned on and sold the next time an L1 comes out or something that that I really want you yeah. know so that's kind of where we're at at least for me yeah I I am I'm still <laughs> I have been so busy I had Mandalorian delivered and I still I still it's been so cold outside and we are about to start a remodel on our house so I'm nice so I'm nervous about that. And so basically my garage is doubling as a, uh, as a, an accessory uh, game room. And it's just been so cold that I haven't been able to go out there and unbox it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I'm still excited enough about it. Uh, the, 
I'm I, I want to definitely play because I think it'll be fun. But yes, um, certainly something that's different. Uh, they need to they need to slow it down. They need to be able to release more. Uh, you certainly don't want to um, out punt your coverage. And if people yeah. are waiting so long for a game, then they are fickle. They they will move on. Yes. So I think this I think this is a brilliant move, and there's two reasons. Uh, we, we've been talking to Travis Murray of Marvloco slash Triple Drain. And really, they Stern only had two options. This is what he said to us. It was either A, push back Cornerstone and catch up on your backlog, or B, cancel everything that's been ordered right now and start fresh from right now. And yeah, I and think you're not going to do that. That, that no. would be that would be a dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, because really, when you order, you're not locked into a price. I mean, Stern, yeah. you know, I, I I paid more for my. I paid more for my Iron Maiden than when I ordered it. And and I, I get it. That's that's how a business is. But well, and that's the other thing too. It's like I kind of get nervous because I'm like, I'd rather I want a new pinball machine in my house before the price goes up again. I mean, this yeah. is becoming a yearly thing. This is not like it. well th- th- so. this was a big jump. Godzilla was yeah. a big jump. A big jump. Um the every other title was like, yeah, we're raising a hundred bucks. Which I mean a hundred bucks, okay, I'm not discounting a hundred bucks, but it's not going to kill your purchase. Yeah. 800 bucks eh, may kill your purchase. So, yeah. but everything's increased. I just went and got a oh. haircut yesterday. Yeah. My haircut increased 50% within the last two months, just because they realized they were losing money. They just, yeah, I, I inflation is so killing much. us all. I pay it's, so much on haircuts. Uh, I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> so as my hairdresser's like, Oh Josh, you just got thick, luscious hair. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I, I think this it's a is a family-friendly podcast. But I'm going to tell you to go something yourself. So, <laughs> but the nice part is when we talk to Goldman as an expo, they are doing other things to yeah. make sure that they can start pro- produce even more than what they're producing right now because they 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 see that they're not keeping up with demand, mm-hmm. and this pushing a cornerstone back is a temporary fix. Yeah, once they start pro- saying more new cornerstones the orders are going to come flooding back in again. So yeah. they've got to be, um, when we talked to him, they said they're going to do two new CNC machines yeah. so they can keep up with with play fields and, and, and all their woodcutting stuff. So Stern's on it. Like they're, they're adapting for the future and it sounds like business yep. is good for them right now, even with price increases and with product delays. So. Okay. So, uh, so I did open rush. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Dun, 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 dun. So, uh, I, I didn't have much time. It was freezing outside. Uh, the people who usually come up, my buddies who come over to help me open, they couldn't come over. So I actually just opened the machine myself, which is kind of interesting to try to open a machine yourself. I do it all the time, dude. (laughs) Okay. Well, all right. Well, the last three I've bought. Yeah. But, uh, you know, trying to lower it down, then raise it up. And so you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Two things, two things that happened. One of my drop targets wasn't working. And, and the oh, funny that was thing is, funny. you said yeah, the video, it's like, yeah, it, it, it just breaks right off there. And the funny thing is, um, Raymond, uh, you know, one of the coders, uh, one of the co-coders with Tim Sexton, he had, he had messaged me. He's like, Hey, have you, uh, have you loaded 0.89 yet? And I said, no, I'm about to, I'm going to do it tonight. Yeah. He's like, okay. So I, I want you to look and see if there's, if there are things that are interesting or, or confusing about it. Cause, uh, and I actually texted him. I was like, so. The drop targets, do you have to activate the drop targets? Because one of them isn't going down. 
And he's like, what are you talking about? So I sent him a picture and I nailed this ta- this target and it just goes nowhere. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's you not good. You can take your finger in the video and you're pushing it and refuses to go now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pushing it. So, so my friend came over and we lifted it up last night and I was like, yeah, I, I need to work on this drop target. And we looked and, um, this is an amazing, easy fix. One, the spring that pulls down the drop target had fallen off. Oh, nice. So that was nice. actually a total easy fix. You've put it back on and it was good to go. So, uh, so you're telling me when the drop target stays standing for too long to consult your local physician and yes, you'll... yes, exactly. <laughs> well, he, he wasn't anesthesiologist. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so yes, that, that's how that worked. Uh, that was able to do it. Now, another thing I just want to know, uh, anybody else who has rush the, when I launch the ball, it rattles a little bit in the shooter lane. So I don't yes. know if that's, if that's my game specifically or now in fairness, it, it's not fully leveled correctly because it's in my garage. And so I haven't really had time to, to set it up. So it yeah. could just be a leveling thing, but I'm just wondering if anyone else is having that issue. Um, a couple other things that this was more of a revelation. I'm going to share it with you, my friends, because I have I, I had no idea that this even existed. Um, I was asking. Uh, I I am not a great code guy, just because um, I'm not a tournament guy. I just don't have time for it. But I love playing them at home. So I was asking uh, Raymond about, hey, some of the rules. Hey, does this work? Does this work? And he said, uh, well, uh, have you looked at the PDF of the rules? And I said, what? So if, yeah, I had no idea that this even existed. So perhaps you guys know this and I'm late to the party. But if you actually go to the Stern website and just click on a game and all the way back to Turtles, if you click on, I'm actually on their site right now and I clicked rush and it goes down, shows the, you know, the pro premium LE and then, keep cycling all the way to the bottom and it actually has all their all the pdfs the feature matrix that has the trailers blah 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 at the very bottom there's something that's called rush rule sheet and so you can click on it and it actually goes through and tells you hey the song selection the skill shot the song modes uh, and then tells you about each mode and then tells you about everything you do in the mode and then you have oh time machine multi-ball so this is brilliant, by the way, like yeah. for them to actually put this out, um, shout out to the stern gods for figuring out that this is what modern machines need because the rules are way too complicated to, uh, I, again, I just don't have the time to figure it out on my own. So this is the best thing. So if you want, if you have one of those new sterns from turtles on, then you can actually just go look at the rules on their website. Yep. So, and Josh, did you know this was, uh, was a thing or am I the only yeah. one who's late to the party? No, I've, I've used it for turtles. Okay. So you so. did know. So you just didn't <laughs> share. I just, I, I guess I assumed, but assumed, you know what assumed means. Assumed everybody knows. Yeah. So, uh, so that was a revelation to me. So I do really appreciate that. And that will definitely level up, uh, my abilities. I would love it by the way, if they want to go back and do it for all the other games like Jurassic Park would be perfect on that. And yeah. uh, Iron Maiden would be great on that, too. So, yeah, Deadpool no, would I be agree. fun, too. But D- Deadpool, I, at least it's straightforward enough that even uh, even a simple uh, game player like me can figure that out. But 
Uh, it's it's great. So my question is, have you put up a high score on Rush yet? Yes. Okay, so if you put up a high score, you've obviously seen a good chunk of the game, or you've seen not a good chunk, but you've you've been well, able to play it to get a, enough. Yes. Yes. So I want to know what are your thoughts on Rush? Try to put your bias aside. Okay. It's uh, okay. It is definitely a Borg game. Yes. In that um, it it is it's not impossible. However, it will beat you up if you don't hit a shot. Yep. So I mean, the shots are findable. I mean, th- that is one thing that is great about this. I felt the turtles was a little hard to find the shots. So I was a little nervous. And, and again, that's more of a, uh, a declaration on my playing ability more than Borg's layout. But um, I found these shots. I can hit them and I can find them. There are there are two scoops in this, and so the scoops do slow down play for a minute. Yeah. Now that can be okay, really, in a board game because board games are so fast, and they can be fast and brutal that it does give you a moment to pause. Yep. Um, the uh, it it is fun that the wire forms are fun to watch, and they come really high. I'm surprised at how high they are in the game that uh, they overlap. Uh, I have the LE, so there's the third wire form that goes to the right flipper. Yeah. Um, it feels like it can, if you are on and you're hitting the shots and it's and you are locked in, it can be a very long playing, smooth shooting game. If you are off a little bit though, man, that thing just, if you brick it, it goes right down the middle or right out. I mean, it is, it is unforgiving. Um, so this will be a great game to level up your skills. And also I am so excited to get the deep dive into these rules because having uh, Tim and Raymond on it are it's, it's, it will be an amazing rule set. And we are looking for those deep rules to keep our interest. Right. Yep. So I think that it was very wise to put Tim and oh, and yeah. uh, Ray Day on this on this game, and I think um, a lot of people that can be concerned with codes codes going in a good direction now. There's still some shortcomings, but I feel like this is a great showing by Tim and Ray Day of rules knowledge, nostalgia to throwback rule uh, throwback rules. Um, I think they've done a great job and even hearing because a lot of people kind of groaned when I, when it first came out and it was like, Oh, we got two really high players that that's, it's going to be nothing about, it's all going to be about the, the code itself. Like it's going to be just like tournament rules. And, and some people are like, we want to experience the game. And I've been talking to more and more people and they're like, wow, the, the nuance and the, throwbacks and the stuff that's tied in with the game yet shows other games is just amazing yeah and so uh, i've heard nothing but good from it we are seeing the emergence of the next generation of great pinball coders and I, i know that we're you know we're we're early a little bit um because this is uh tim's third game uh, Raymond ha- came on to Stern a little bit after Tim. Uh, he's yeah. helped out on a few other games. Uh, they're they're kind of co-pilots on this one, with Tim taking the lead. But 
wow, I am really impressed with the thought and care that has gone into this rule set. And I know that it will only get deeper. Yep. So I, I have, and the presentation is great. Like the, um, the, you have to, if you get this game, you have to get the expression like kids. Yeah. Because, and I, I have said after I got Led Zeppelin, this needs to be standard on any rock game. And so, you know, what Mike Vinicor did with that is great. Um, it feels very theme appropriate. Yep. So I, I do like what they've done. So yes, it's a fun game. It will definitely, uh, stick around for a long time. I am super excited to get the topper. Uh, I've heard it's, I, I have no idea what the topper is, but I've heard it's really cool. So, um, it's a great package and, uh, yeah, I, I understand people who are like, yeah, it's uh, rush. Isn't my favorite music. Well, I don't know how many people loved Iron Maiden. I don't yeah. know how many people loved Metallica. I, it's, it's very pinball friendly music, which that was one thing that concerned me about rush because it seems a departure from typical pinball music, but it really works. I, personally, me, I don't know if I'll ever own a Rush. Um, I still need to come out and play your Ellie. I've played it a pro. I've enjoyed it. Like I said, I'm just kind of at the point where I don't want to keep moving pinball machines in and out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. So. And I get it. And I, I think that it's, it is great to, uh, it, it's great to have music pins that are a little yes. different. And really, this is a, this is kind of a departure from your typical, uh, you know, your ACDC, your Aerosmith, the Metallica. Yeah. yeah. This is a little, it, aside from Primus, I guess, but they, this is uh this is a little bit more of a mature music option. Speaking of Aerosmith, a uh, really quick side tangent that I don't have on our notes. We got a shout out on Instagram. Um, I, I couldn't find the post once I went back to look for it. Um, the lady's name was Julie. Uh, she gave us a shout out and thanked us for reminding her how awesome pinball could be. I don't know how she got onto our podcast. I don't know if it was Ed Robertson or what, but she lives out in Salt Lake and she went out. They had a night of theater because after listening to us, you talk about theater and us talk about pinball. She, they went and found some pinball and they played and they loved it. And she's like, I want them to play, get some mom rock pinball yeah. machine okay so i i'm pretty sure this is this is actually one of the nurses at my hospital nice yeah so <laughs> so but one of the one of the mom rocks she said was aerosmith and i said yeah. well you're in luck because they do have an aerosmith pinball machine so. yeah and she, so she actually after she played that she messaged me she's like is there a guns and roses pinball machine around here i'm like well my friend has one <laughs> nice so shout out to julie uh she's a great sedation nurse so awesome See, uh, spreading, spreading the, the joy spread, of pinball. Spreading the joy. Now, uh, if she really wants a, a pinball machine, she wants a Brene Brown pinball machine. So you can get your therapy on while you're playing pinball. Nice. So Nice. Uh, I really just I want to mention this really quick. We've lost a lot of legends in the hobby. And since we last spoke, we lost Barry Ausler. Um, if you can, please help out his family. I, I know that people want to make a commentary on the health system, but we do want to remind you, uh, Scott especially, that Barry did work for Deep Root, and they have mentioned that a lot of their life savings was kind of eaten up by working for Robert Mueller. And 
Well, we and, just want and, to help them the out. Lack of in the lack of coverage that that yes, offered sir. when when Deep Root went sideways. So, well, and Barry's had cancer for a while now. I mean, it's it's been pretty rough. And so, uh, if you can help out, I think the fund is still open. Yeah, um, go ahead, help. You know, Barry. Barry's one of those figures that you could argue and say that actually helped save pinball during the eighties. Yeah, it was his design space shuttle that reinvigorated pinball in the arcades. Um, he's, he was a really nice guy. Uh, I, I don't know anyone that ever talked to him and said that he was too busy for him or whatnot. He always wanted to talk pinball. Barry was a great guy. And so it's, Teolis did a great job. If you haven't listened to his most recent pinball profile, I think we all agree we're, 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 we're done with doing retrospectives and it's not because we don't want to do them. It's just, we've had too many. Yeah. In the and, last. Couple. And Jeff does a better job than we do. Yes. And, Jeff knows these people on a personal level. And like he said, between losing Mark with Marco, uh, Lyman Sheets, and now Barry Ausler. And this has all been within what? Yeah. Four months. A couple months. Yeah. And so, um, you know, my favorite Barry Ausler game is Junkyard. I know it's kind of kooky. I know it's kind of random. I don't know what it is. I've always connected with that game ever since I got into the hobby. I just made shooting toast at a dog chasing a woman that got out of a bathtub. I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a really fun kooky game. And I think that, that kind of sums up a lot of Barry's games. They were really fun. They had really good shots. Um, and they're all almost different from each other. You know, you've got the brutality of Dracula, the goofiness of, of, uh, junkyard, uh, the fun filled carnivals of hurricane, um, I mean, Pinbot, how iconic is it? Pinbot and Jackbot. Um, it just, it stinks because it feels like a lot of people were excited after hearing Barry go to highway and then moving on to deep root. And then finally making a break at a company that's made a pinball machine that proves that they can do the things that they've, they've said they're going to do. And then we, we sadly lose him after a couple of weeks of his announcement of being at American pinball. Yeah. And so uh, you will be missed, Barry. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh, it continues to be rough. Uh, yes. So hopefully we're on the tail end of all this, uh, all, all these issues, but uh, hopefully we can get back to normal life and uh, get back to the, you know, I'm looking forward to Texas because it seems like it's going to be one of the first ones that feels like it's a, post COVID show. And I'm not, yes. I, I know that COVID is still going on, but it seems like this will be the first one that it'll feel like it's closer to what life used to be. I agree. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Josh and I are going to be there. We're still like everybody else. We're still a little backlogged on our, um, swag, but we're I've gonna, got a little bit coming. I, yeah. we will have a little bit for Texas. I have, I have stickers for everybody. So whoever wants a sticker, come up and hit me up and I'll give you a few. So I have a funny t-shirt idea that I'm going to kick to you after the show, Scott. Mm, it's, okay. This will be, if interesting. I can, if I can get okay. some of them done before Texas, if not, oh, well, okay. But, uh, <laughs> teaser, I had a funny, funny idea. Okay. Um, but let's, let's talk TPF. Um, we're definitely going to be there. Uh, we've been asked to present an award for the Twippies, so that'll be cool. This is our second time doing that. Um, we did the Topper two years ago, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Top, so, top, topper's perfect. So, 
we've put our request in for which one we would like to present. Uh, if it happens, awesome. If not, well, we'll it's still the, be there it's to help. Uh, the award for the best rush pinball machine. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> um, like I said, I I gave my list to a person the other day of what I want to do at TPF. Really, it's just meet people. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to play in the tournament. I'm actually, yeah. I am there to experience the show. So if I you agree. see me and if you want to to grab a drink or uh, get a bite to eat or something like that. We are happy to uh, to spend time with anybody who's interested. So, well, I you're, half you're, wonder if this is going to be a quick show because Expo was four days long. You know, yeah, we're we're flying in Friday, so starting Friday night, and then we are fl- I, I'm flying out Saturday. Well, I still haven't bought my ticket just because I've been hoping that prices drop a little bit. Um, but uh, I'll be flying out Sunday afternoon, so basically forty eight okay. hours. That's it. Yeah. Yep. So. We're excited. Uh, be excited to finally meet like people like Ed Vanderveen for the first time. Yeah, you know he used to be the co-host of Super Awesome Pinball Show. Love Ed; he's a cool mm-hmm. dude. Um, get to finally meet uh, the guys, Travis Murray from Triple Drain. We got to meet Tom and and Joel at uh, Expo. Um, Zach Menny's actually not going to be doing his flipping out stuff down there. So if you see him, you get to hang out with him. So there's going to be a lot of people there. It sounds like uh, RB Flip France is coming all the way over from overseas. Oh, nice. Us. Nice. They'll be there. So uh, uh, a lot of cool people are going to be there. Uh, I'm stoked. The nice part is, is we actually got uh, a, a room opened up in the MDC suite. So we'll be staying in the hotel in the convention center. So Yeah, but definitely if, if you are around, please message us and we'd love to catch up. At least say hi, take a picture, shake hands and... If we have time, we'd love to go and grab some grab some beat or play play a game or two. Definitely, um, I'm excited for TPF. I'm excited for Weird Al to play there. Uh, I was excited for Toy Story, but now the rumor is this Toy Story is not going to be at TPF. I I don't know what to say. Um, or sorry, uh, Jersey Jack's game number uh, five. Is okay, that what sure, but like we okay. They can't say, oh, yeah, it's totally going to be announced. Uh, that's not how anything works anymore. Yeah. So, you know, we I I was wondering about Cactus Canyon getting revealed about Expo. And then I was like, yeah, I guess it's probably not going to. And then it was. So, you know, it's OK. Like, I, It'll be fun to see it. But really, I I'm actually more interested to play Weird Al. Yeah. I, I'm more interested to play Weird Al than I am to play Toy Story. So I want to do some trivia with you really quick. Okay, go ahead. So, so let's go through the rumors of what we know of Toy Story for for right now. Okay, it's Pat Waller's last game. Supposedly he's retiring after this one. We don't know if that's hundred percent true, but that is what we're hearing. At least retiring as a designer. Correct. Right. Um, this game is uh, obviously Toy Story is what we're hearing. I haven't heard any other rumor for a theme other than Toy Story, and it's been one of those ones that was announced like two or three years yeah. ago it's i mean it's, it's like guns and roses it, it's the worst it's the worst kept secret in pinball. um there was if i remember correctly there was like a disgruntled employee when they left they kind of leaked some misinformation oh. so uh anywho um but the the interesting trivia part i was going to say to you is i can almost guarantee this game will at least have three flippers i know that's kind of like a whoop-de-doo thing but we know it's not gonna be a typical fan layout and you know the reason I can almost guarantee that? Why? Do you know how many 
two flipper games Pat Lawley has made in his 30-plus year career. People sitting at home, Scott's thinking right now, if you know it, start screaming it at your phone, at whatever it may be. Or if you don't know, start thinking about the Pat Lawler games. You know, obviously, it's not Adam's family. That one has yeah, three. Twilight Zone has them. So, Four. Yeah, like, has he, he has, ever? Has, has he ever done a two flipper? That is a great question. I went through the list before we started recording. Okay. He has one two wow. flipper game in his 30 plus year career. And it's one you're never going to guess because I didn't even realize he made this game. Huh. You ready for this? CSI. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, man. That used to be at Lagoon, I think. <laughs> and that was his last game he made for Stern. Yeah. There's, yeah. It's it, it was not a memorable one, but that was also the dark days of Stern. That was t- 2005 Eight. to 2010. So, yeah. you know, those were the, uh, oh, the, the life support years. I don't think CSI is a bad game. Eh, it's not, it's not like... It doesn't okay. stand out. Nobody's looking for a CSI. Like it's like 24. Yeah, Nobody's looking for a 24. Maybe I bring home a CSI to my wife and that's what gets her into pinball. Yeah, no. Uh, but no, so I can what how many games has he made over his career? I can 95% like guarantee that Pat Lawler's going to have at least a 3 to 4 flipper game. Yeah. That's just his stop. He, he, he'll want to go out with a bang. Yep. Uh it's time for another play upper play field. So he'll be probably doing that's my guess. Okay. Um, the signature, this is a, it's a signature Borg and a signature Pat Lawler. I don't know who did it first. I think Pat Lawler did it first, but the five lanes at the bottom, oh, you've geez. got the two in lanes with an out lane on one side with an in lane and out lane on the other. Man, you know, I, okay. If there's one thing in pinball that I, uh-huh. I hate, it's the double in lane. Because I am a, I am a wizard when it comes to hitting that middle post and having it bounce to the outline. Yep. Like every time I can do that. Like when, when I was playing turtles, it would bounce. Like every time it came out of the lair, it would bounce on that thing and go out. Yep. And that's, I kind of feel the same way. I'm like, let's kind of get rid of the double in lane. I think we've exhausted that option. Yeah. Unless if there's like a, Unless if it's used in a cool way. And that's usually in a standard body. A wide yeah. body is a little more... I think a wide body, they space just... Anyway. Yeah. Um, but seriously, standard body, guys, let's... I don't know. If it's your signature, I guess, whatever. But I'm just not a huge fan of that. Unless if there's specific feeds to those in lanes. Okay, so here's another question I have. Okay. What is on the pin side top 100 without looking? Okay. What is one through five? Uh, one is Medieval Madness. Okay. Two is Godzilla. Okay. Three is Jurassic Park. Four is... I don't know. Four, four is Guns N' Roses and five is Attack from Mars. Okay, actually, I was pretty. I was really impressed. You didn't get the you didn't get the order right, but you got four out of the five. Oh dang! So I I was I yeah you actually did better than I would. You won the last time I looked at the top uh, top five or top one five hundred top, top one hundred of pin side. 
Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Uh, months ago. <laughs> okay. So I, I actually haven't done either. So this was interesting. And and usually when a game comes out, it shoots to number one because there's like 10 people. You know, yeah. and then then it, it slowly like creeps down. Yeah. So Godzilla is number one. Oh wow. Godzilla is number one with 519. So that's actually a pretty solid rating. Yeah. Uh Medieval Madness number two. Attack yeah. from Mars number three, Jurassic Park number four, Deadpool number five. Oh wow! That, I yeah, would have never guessed Deadpool. That surprised me that Deadpool jumped up so much. So you take out GNR for me, you put in Deadpool. I would have had. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, that's pretty solid. So if you look at, um, okay, so the four Elwin games, all four of them are in the top fifteen. So you have really what's what what is Elwin's worst game at this point? You know what? It's according to the ratings. I know uh, it's subjective, but uh, what, Avengers Infinity Quest. What do you, you feel like you own all four of his games? What is his weakest? Um, you know, I'd probably agree with that. Even though I was thinking because I, w- I was wondering at some point I need to sell an Elwin. And I was wondering yeah. the other day about what game would I sell? And I thought you know what, maybe Avengers. And then I went and played it and I'm like, dang, this is fun to shoot. <laughs> it is a wonderful shooter. It, it's funny. Cause I was feeling the same way. I was like, yeah. if I have to get rid of a premium yeah. at some point in time, which premiums going out the door yeah. and, and I'm like, well, I haven't played Avengers in forever. And I, I logged in to my insider connected and I started flipping. Dang, this feels good. Yeah. <laughs> I need every the, shot feels good. The one thing I need though is I need to fix. Uh, I need to get the Captain Marvel shot fixed though. Oh, well, it, next time I come over, I'll do it for you, dude. Yeah, you don't I have could, to buy anything fancy. I'll show you how to do it. Yeah, because like mine works probably about seventy uh, percent of the time, which is still pretty good. Yeah, but it's just enough that it just yeah. If you hit that shot solidly and it gets jammed and like goes screaming down the middle, it just frustrates me. So. Um, when I had Colin McAlpine over, uh, I had done the Carlo, Carl D'Angelo, yeah, the, the bend it back. Adjustment. Yeah. And he was hitting it like butter every time. Yeah. So then I thought, well, maybe it's just me and my shooting. So, yeah, but yeah, if I, I usually well, when Col- I hit Colin it, Colin was hitting nine out of 10 on mine too, but yeah. he's also, a, he's a top player. So I, I but, would expect um, him I to bet shoot. mine back and it, it does great now. So. Yeah. Um, so long as I, I had to hit it on the fly. Usually, I've got to hit a Black Widow and then and then hit it on the fly. Yeah. For me to actually do it, but yeah. But no, that and that's 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 the funny part. So his weakest game is Avengers, and it's number fifteen. It's is number that fifteen. Yeah. So wow. I mean, that's... and really, what's the weakest? What's the weakest part about Avengers? Is it some people complain it's too easy to shoot? Yeah, and it just depends on how much your outlines are. So uh, if you really want, if you want to make Avengers hard, you can open up the outlanes and it will be brutal. So I think, I think the shortcoming with Avengers and it's not for me because I actually like this about Avengers is the complexness of the rule set. When you start adding in where gems go, you know, working up your combos to get your, your balls locked so you can have your portal locks to then progress all the way through to get your your victory laps per gem you know which gems help you get through which other gems 
I think a lot of people will go look at that and they go, that's just way too much information for me to deal with. Because you look at Jurassic Park was his number one until Godzilla was released. And yeah. the thing about Jurassic Park that I've come to learn over the years is there is a simplicity to it. There, there's like an elegant simplicity, but a lot of depth there. Yeah. And I know it sounds like an oxymoronic statement, but what I mean by that is, is when you play Jurassic Park, um, it's you, you start a paddock on t- you know the basic of it if if i'm teaching this to a new person mm-hmm. you start a paddock um once you start that paddock you you're rescuing people you got giant flashing orange shots to say rescue once you've done that enough mm-hmm. you can then set the trap once you set the trap you go for the dinosaur and as you go further into the game it progresses and adds just a little more to that you got to do one more thing you got to do mm-hmm. one more thing to capture the dinosaur and I think that's what people love about Jurassic Park. Yeah. There is an elegant simplicity, but then the depth comes from control room, comes from the T-Rex events. Mm-hmm. And you can stack those interchangeably um, one at a time, essentially. And I think that's what people love about Jurassic Park. Yeah, and I would argue that Deadpool, what has made it so great is it's actually, if you want a simple rule set, yeah. Get Deadpool. I it, it really is not that complex of a rule set, but they were really smart in saying, "Hey, you want you want to do the battle? Go ahead." I mean, there's you, you have the you know you have the three battles, and then you have the boss battles, and then yeah, you can go on and move on. Yeah. But really, if you want to, but each battle, if you want to make it more interesting. Do the team ups, like try to get Dazzler, try to get Colossus, try to get Wolverine, try. And so it really does step up. And one thing I found, and I I totally forgot about this because I just barely bought the upgrade stuff for it. So I put the the Ninja Star pop cap bumpers on. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was I was I opened it up because I was gonna put the shaker motor in and the look down, I totally forgot that it has a cassette in the bag. Oh yeah. I totally forgot that. <laughs> so I actually need, need to pull out my, uh, my cassette player, which I still have. So nice. Anyway, but I, I don't know. I, I just found that interesting. I just pulling that up. So, so it'll, it'll be, uh, the good news is, um, for all of you who are counting in the top 10, which used to be completely dominated by Bally Williams of the nineties. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to list off um, uh, the top 15 Godzilla, Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, Jurassic Park, Deadpool, Monster Bash, uh, Iron Maiden, Elvira's House of Horrors, Twilight Zone, Guns and Roses, Metallica, Pirates of the Caribbean, Lord of the Rings, Stranger Things, Avengers, Affinity Quest. So the only ones that are on the list from that era are Medieval Madness, Attack from Mars, Monster Bash and Twilight Zone. Uh So. 11 of the top 15 are new games. So that just confirms how great of an era of pinball we're living in. I I totally agree. And I want to point something else out too, is one through five, all, whether it be Williams, whether it be Stern, 
I feel like they've hit on the cylinders of like they're starting to recreate that Williams magic from the yes. 90s that we talk about. Mm-hmm. That, that's why I brought the simplicity of Jurassic Park. I think yep. Godzilla is that same way too. Mm-hmm. You have an elegant simplicity to the rule set that has a lot more depth as you dig into it. And it's but fun. It's, it's fun. fun. It's funny. It's comedic. It's funny. It's, yeah, comedic gold on some yeah. like Jurassic Park obviously doesn't have the comedic gold like the other four do it's still they're still funny like i i still laugh about some things like when you see keith running from the dinosaur i I laugh about that deadpool is hilarious yep and godzilla kicking his uh, kicking his son back in the rubber suit so obviously we're doing something right yeah uh i i think like i said i don't know maybe we do kiss keith ellen's butt I don't think so. I think we give the man the respect that he deserves. I think he's come into an industry and has revamped it into a way that he has now become the standard. Yeah. And everyone's trying to play catch up. And but I think we're starting to see that with new coders. We're starting to see that with different design angles. I mean, it's funny because we joked about, you know, we talked about Weird Out the first of the podcast. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, <laughs> the first thing I thought of was like the butt pretzel. Because you, you see the shot where you shoot it through, and if you hold the flipper up, it, it keeps on going. Yeah, I mean, that's just something that was recently created within the last... Uh, I doubt they were hanging out at Spooky and saw that and was like, we're just going to add that into our game. You know, uh, th- there were some elements from Oktoberfest in Weird Al. I mean, there's these concepts that we're starting to see that people are starting to grasp onto and love, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, when something's good, we want to re- really re-experience it in a, in a game. And so uh, I think the future still is bright and maybe we've just hit the, just hit the, the peak of it and we're starting to dig down because, yeah, you know, pinball wasn't thriving for almost a decade. And then we kind of hit Wizard of Oz and ACDC and Metallica and these, these games started pumping back in what, what pinball could be not only for location, but the beauty of what it could be at home. And now we're starting to really dig deep into what it can be at home. And so it's wonderful. Yep. Pinball's in a great place right now. Yeah. So, Well, I, I'm looking forward to Texas. I think we'll be able to squeeze another episode in before Texas. Definitely. But, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much what I have today. And I, I'm just, I'm I'm excited. And I, I, I'm excited to see what, where all the companies are going. Um, you know, I, I think they're all in a de- in a decent direction. I think the trajectory is a little different for each company, um, but I I still f- feel that they're all on a positive u- upslope. The major companies. Well, and and my my argument is the weakest outing that's out there right now. Whatever your mind just went to, mm-hmm. think of that game and compare it to almost any two thousands game, except for Lord of the Rings. Simpsons pinball party. Yeah. Tron. The, 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 yeah. The, well, Tron was later. Uh, Tron was, like was it 2000? 20, I thought it was 2008. Was it 2010? Oh, was it? it might have been 2010. But my point being is, is that that 2000 to 2009 range yeah, kind of leaves life you support. wanting. Life support. Yeah. So that, that game you just thought of that was just released in the last two years or whatever uh, from company a- XYZ, uh, would you prefer? I know it might, you might not be a fan of that game. Yeah. But would you prefer to play that game versus 2011? 
Traumas 2011. Oh, so there, there's really four games in that entire decade that I would be willing to own. And what four? What four are they besides Lord, Lord of the Rings and Simpsons? Lord of the Rings, you Simpsons, Simpsons, Pinball Party. Um, I Spider Man's actually still a fun game. It's a oh yeah, Spider Man. Yes, mm-hmm. and Pirates of the Caribbean. And I own I own three of them. The yeah. only one I don't own is Lord of the Rings. You own the greatest hits of two thousand. <laughs> yeah, and isn't that crazy? Like I don't even I, you can't even like the last two years I can't uh, you can't encapsulate those in two years in four games. So. so would you rather own XYZ versus Austin Powers? <laughs> I will never own an Austin Powers. No, that's... Which is sad because I really do love those movies. The first movie I thought was really fun. The other I one's know. not so much. Which is funny because my favorite's Goldmember. Oh, jeez. I just can't I... stand. I just can't stand the cross jokes. It's just too over the top. Like the first, first one, you were crazy. Now I can funny. see your nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, hey, I also got I I randomly stumbled into a uh, speaking of CGC, I randomly stumbled into an arcade, an Ultimate Arcade Two Plus. Yes. Uh, so now, 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 if anyone knows how to get an expansion pack for it, let me know. But uh, I, I was able to buy that, and so that was a lot of fun. My kids finally. Uh, uh, coming out to the uh, arcade now. So anyway, good and, times. And, you know, I know that people said that we've been hitting on all cylinders for interviews lately. Thank you for the nice comments. It's awesome to, we've had a lot more uh, interactions last four months yeah. with the community than, than we have for a while. And I don't know if it's because of the interviews we're doing or whatever, but we've had a lot of people reach out. Thanks for that. Thanks for Teola's for mentioning on, on, on final round. Dude, seriously, Teolos is like the interview. He's the champion. nicest. He's the nicest guy in the world, by the way. Like, genuinely. Yes, he might. He might seem like a uh, your favorite c word from Australia towards Martin, but yeah. <laughs> but he's no, genuinely awesome. a nice dude, and uh, and dude, his interviews have been fantastic. If you haven't listened to the Josh Sharp, the two 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 day, oh yeah, uh, fantastic interview. And there was a lot of hidden nuggets in there. Yeah. And like I said, go check out Pinball Profile. Go check out Final Round. You know what? Oh, I've almost forgot. Okay. We have not congratulated the Pinball Show. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome to the club, guys. Congratulations to your Pinball Industry Award. And I... For I, excellence in podcasting. Yeah, I actually voted for them. I, I, I Full declaration. I was like, they, they earned it. And... Uh, certainly check them out. They're they're certainly yeah. awesome. So, so I got to I got to harp on one thing just really quick. Though. Okay, go ahead. You guys have to be a little bit more transparent with the rules, and maybe you have been, but it was really funny because someone reached out to us after the fact, and they're like, "Man, it just sucks that you guys couldn't win again this year. Like, I would have voted for you, but you wouldn't have won because that's against the rules." And I was like, "Wait, what? It's <laughs> is it?" <laughs> Uh, is it, it like is, a hall of fame? <laughs> so we're the in the hall, hall of fame, f- baby. <laughs> the hall of fame portion is so any of the games, any of the pinball machines that are, that are right. Yeah. Yeah. Put in the hall of fame. It cannot be. But the problem is, is I guess some of the people that was on the committee did not know that. And so 
we got almost no votes because they thought we couldn't win it anyway. So, oh my gosh, I had no idea on that. That is hilarious. But anyway, hey, we still love doing this, and no, it's good. So. I just thought it was hilarious because, like I said, no, it's it's very well deserved to pinball show. I did yeah. not vote for you guys. Sorry, oh. but I voted final round. Seriously, yeah. that well, reach around okay. again. Final round is great too. So, but they made it into that they were nominated. Uh, Backbox Pinball Podcast, awesome show, Lauren and Becca. You guys do a great job every time. It was awesome to see you guys nominated. I mean, there's there's a lot of fantastic pinball uh, podcasts out yeah. there, and it's great to see them being recognized. Um, a lot of us do this out of the, out of the uh, kindness of our hearts. I don't want you want to call it like we we do fun. it for fun. We, we do it because it's a great break. It, it's and, it's it's a great break. It was funny because I had talked to someone and. Uh, I can't remember what, exactly what got brought up. And they're like, oh, there's just too many pinball podcasts out there. And I was like, what? Maybe, maybe you know something I don't know, but I don't, they've kind of fallen off this last six months. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> and then they proceeded to say, there's not that many streamers. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we have an abundance of streamers. It's like, it's like we moved from podcasts to streamers. So, yeah. Uh, anywho. Long story short, we're excited for TPF. Yeah, congratulations. We're looking forward to it. And so seriously, hit us up. We'd love to see you. And so we'll have to we'll have to take our crystal so that way we can have it with. Yeah, exactly. I'm just going to wear it around my neck. Uh, like yeah. Flava Flav. <laughs> Why not? So cool, man. I guess uh, if that wraps it up. Yeah, I think, I'll, the, I I'll think do so. our outro. Okay. All right. Well. If you want to get a hold of us, we are loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to get a hold of us on the socials, we are at loserkidpinball on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all your favorite sites. We're not on TikTok because I really don't have a face for, I have a face for podcasting, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, thank you everyone that, that reaches out. I'm sorry I've been, been a little bit more quiet. I did have a couple people reach out. I was like, I haven't heard from you in a while and you haven't talked very much. Honestly, Scott knows what's going on in my life. It, it's been an interesting two months. Yeah, it really has. No, um, but you know what? We're we're here for each for everybody. And again, reach out to people. It's hard for everybody, and we just want to make sure that um, this is a break for everybody, including us. So we we appreciate anybody who is willing to listen to us. So definitely, and so appreciate those that reached out. Um, Honestly, I probably won't tell you what's going on anyway if you do reach out, but I will appreciate you reaching out. So, like I said, the only only two people know outside of my family, I think Scott and, and Zach, to be entirely honest. Yeah. So, well, is it, yeah. The, the, so, yeah. If I were to choose one other person to talk to, it would be him. So, <laughs> yeah. Isn't he like a like a psychologist? Yeah. He's like, he's he's a he's a licensed <laughs> clinical psychologist. So, yeah. So, he's heard uh, it all. Yeah. He has, anyway, he has. hey, seriously, we love you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. All right, talk to you in two weeks.